Sustaining ambition is a problematic issue for all of us. A good part of the problem is how we manage our ambitious energy and how others may react to our pursuits. In this episode, you'll meet Ross Gordon. Ross, who worked with me as an insights analyst at LinkedIn, created a weekly newsletter called Gridology. With Gridology, he answers personal and professional questions using a two-by-two grid. Together, he and I collaborated on a post called How Can I Sustain My Ambition? Through this, you'll gain an easy-to-follow framework as to how you can be more conscious of your ambition based on your energy level and the vibes you're giving off to the universe. Enjoy the episode. Ross Gordon, welcome to the Driving Ambition podcast to round out season one. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Adrian. It's uh, it's an honor to have you on. I think, uh, you know, you and I have not only work together, uh, you know, in a, uh, in a close capacity, um, working, you know, you were the, uh, insights analyst on our team and I was, uh, the, uh, account manager as we were managing many complex relationships with, uh, big, big companies, but certainly you have evolved and you have kind of pursued a number of different, uh, aspects and avenues that, I'm not surprised with, and I think are, are super interesting to kind of hear more about. So for our listeners who don't know you as well, who is Ross Gordon? Well, again, thank you so much for having me, Adrian. Uh, this is actually my first ever podcast appearance, so it's, it's great to be breaking the uh, mold, I guess, or breaking the podcast embargo with the Driving Ambition show. It's been awesome following along with your success as you pursue other avenues and super uh, obvious to me that this is a natural progression of everything that is Adrian, or as you like to call yourself, Adrian Ambition. Uh, <laughs> but for me, who I am, uh, currently I'm working at Sounder, which is a podcast management platform focused on discovery and growth. Uh, so the team will be happy to hear that I'm drinking our own Kool-Aid and finally on a podcast. Um, so right now I'm helping that team build and ship products that uh, help creators make the best podcast that they can. Um, I'm acting as a quasi product manager, product marketing manager there. The team's been super awesome. And obviously it's a great time to be in podcasting and the industry is so vibrant. So I've really enjoyed that experience. And as you mentioned before there, uh, before then I actually left LinkedIn a week before things got pretty nuts with the pandemic uh, in early March, um, as I was preparing to actually start my MBA at NYU. Um, but you know, as with most things with coronavirus, a lot of plans and uh, activities got canceled. So that program has now been pushed to January. So I found myself looking for full-time work um, and found this opportunity at Sounder and thought it was too good to pass up. But before then, I was at LinkedIn for about four and a half years, variety of different roles, started off right after college in their business leadership program, where I cycled through roles in recruiting, customer operations, and sales development, and then found myself in a full-time role. Um on their insights team where kind of broke down into two points. Uh, one on the macro side, helping reps at like yourself at scale, building dashboards, automated PowerPoints to use our data to prove ROI. You understand upsell opportunities um, and basically just sell with data. And then on the micro side, helping again, reps like yourself and specifically you 
sell with data to you know prove to X client that these are the ways in which you can use LinkedIn as a hiring platform to win talent and succeed in a really competitive talent landscape. And then yes, in my free time, I'm the quasi grid guy. Um, I write two by two grids for fun, um, unpublished on Sunday morning in a newsletter called Gridology, where we'll be talking a little bit more about that for the rest of today's show. Beautiful. And I am not surprised whatsoever. And I think back to how we told stories through insights and data through what looked like revolutionary PowerPoint decks and slides back then. And, you know, I I definitely credit you for a lot of the conversations that we had that helped to kind of change the client's perspective at the time. So um, not surprising that you are the quote unquote grid guy. I like that uh, description for our listeners. So you kind of teased that out, but what is Gridology and and what inspired you to start it? So yeah, Gridology really started in kind of four four loose ideas. Um, The first was, I just want to start writing again. Um, You may not actually know this, but back in college, I was a journalism major. Um, So Hmm. I thought that um, I was potentially going to go become a reporter, maybe um, write for a magazine. I was on a high school newspaper growing up. Um, in high school, um, and I love writing. I just started to have the only writing I was doing being corporate emails, uh, which is a different type of writing, but I really wanted to get back into quasi long form or you know publishing on the internet. And on Twitter, obviously, you find that there's a vibrant creator community uh, led by the likes of Jack Butcher, Dave Burrell, um, lots of folks who are doing a lot of learning in public and having um, their content live online, uh, which was super inspiring to me. Um, and then finally, the idea for Gridology itself came out of both conversations I was having with friends and family of just breaking down questions into, for me, the logical components, self-admitted uh, yeah. overthinker. So yeah. being able to figure out a way to provide to have that overthinking happen a as a professional diary to get that overthinking out of my mind and then also provide some quote unquote life wisdom in a similar vein of Farnham Street or Scott Galloway's No Mercy No Malice and his book The Algebra of Happiness kind of taking a riff on all of those to make quote unquote life wisdom uh, as applicable and actionable as possible uh, so that's where Godology came from and now we're Every Sunday, I think this week is going to be number 20, trying to break down topics in both professional and personal matters uh, that really resonate with the audience and trying to grow it, do some growth marketing all at the same time. So there's a lot of different skills I'm flexing and it's just been, at the end of the day, really fun just to write and get my ideas down on on the internet. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many parallels with Gridology and the Driving Ambition podcast, just how much we've kind of tapped into our internal aspects of, well, inner child and creativity and fun. For our listeners who aren't as familiar with either grids or what many would refer to as two by twos, walk us through what the framework entails, uh, just generically speaking. So the framework really, it breaks down into two components, an x-axis and a y-axis. If you've ever seen, you know, a basic business presentation. There's usually a breakdown of, you know, an industry um, in an x-axis and a y-axis. Maybe it's on innovation and, you know, scale. And then you think about where all the companies in the given market um, exist in that frame. And then usually the company you're working at is 
to the top and to the right uh, all by itself and the rest of the competition is surrounding to represent a really different market opportunity. For me, I find this as a really interesting way to break down ideas and thought that there is a, a way to apply this to you know pretty much every question. It doesn't necessarily have to be a white space opportunity for a strategic initiative. Um, and for me, I'm kind of thinking about gridology as a noun, which is really the study of analytical and logic-based approaches to life. So in writing this blog, newsletter, whatever you want to call it, um, I'm, I'm really hoping to provide that type of mindset to have people think more thoughtfully about some of the bigger questions in their life, uh, in their career, and try to bestow this type of thinking to more people because I find it A, valuable for myself, and B, when I talk to my friends and family about it, it always resonates. So let's just provide this at scale to more people um, across the internet. I love it. And, you know, I think there's a couple of additional inherent benefits there. You've made mention of being more thoughtful. And I think the visualization absolutely helps with that in terms of self-diagnosing or self-assessing, as you kind of made mention of in terms of your overthinking. And we all are, many of us are overthinkers. And I think the other aspect too is being able to disconnect from the inherent emotion that's around your either current state or anxiety over a future state and being able to kind of plot yourself on a grid or a two by two, I think is absolutely um, advantageous. So why don't we jump into and turn our attention to the collaborative post that we actually huddled on, believe it or not, a month ago and and came out with that a month ago. (laughs) I looked at that last night and I was like, wow, that was a month ago. So you know, we we put together a post there, and I think, uh, you know, it, it's probably worth us jumping into. There's just the subject matter of you know where we are today, the current context of the world, and the title of the post, which was "How Can I Sustain My Ambition?" And so I think it's probably worth making mention that with everything going on in the world today, that you know, ambition is, is probably, has probably never been more paramount. And, you know, there's, there's certainly a, a recency effect to that where, you know, traditionally ambition is a, a strong desire to achieve a goal or the willingness and determination to reach its attainment. And right now, many of us, especially here in the U.S., are uh, experiencing and facing obstacles in our path or along our journey towards realizing or actualizing against our ambition. And so, um, you know, in the U.S. specifically, there's many aspects pertaining to social injustice, racism. Uh, Certainly, we're in a pandemic and the numbers currently in the United States are increasing Unemployment is also increasing. 30 million workers are collecting um, jobless benefits. And we're all confined, quote unquote, to our homes and relying on our internet connection. And, you know, with that, that there's also, and we've kind of uh, adjusted to this new norm where we're isolating ourselves, physically distancing ourselves, depending on where you live. uh, And the mental health uh, implications or ramifications or experiences that we're all kind of experiencing through that. So, you know, I I think the timeliness of this uh, is, like I said, has never been more paramount. And so in our collaborative post, Ross, how did we go about defining ambition? 
So we use an equation um, in, in true Godology fashion. Uh, our equation was hard work plus determination equals success. And ambition to us really felt like it's not one side of the equation or the other. It's really the equation in its entirety. Um, it's just because success or hard work alone isn't being ambitious. Uh, I like to take my definition of ambition, of ambition from my time I spent at LinkedIn, which is setting a really high bar for yourself, a really high bar, and then going out and figuring out the way to go and achieve uh, that high bar you set for yourself. So in this post, we make the argument that we all should be ambitious. We all should be setting high bars for ourselves, And that doesn't necessarily mean only in a professional context. That should be in our personal lives. It should be in our reading habits. It should be in our writing habits, our health habits, anything. Um, we should all be ambitious. And while this is incredibly cliche, and I'm not one for cliches, I feel like the cliche that really rings most when you think about ambition is if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. So since we're being ambitious, it obviously means setting a high bar for yourself. And by definition, you're needing to go far. Thus, if you're going to go far, you need to go along with people. So an awareness factor of how ambitious you're being and those vibes you're giving off to the universe are incredibly important so that you don't end up having to go far alone. Um, that means you'll end up going fast to nowhere. Uh, so ultimately, there is a certain level of personal awareness that you need in order to say, hey, I want to get to this place. I know I can't get to this place by myself. How do I bring the necessary people I need to bring along with me so that I'm able to get there? And yeah, and get there more effectively, get there more successfully. I love it. And there's so many things that you touch on and, and love the reference to the classic African proverb that you made mention of. In terms of this, you know, I get asked frequently and even before the pandemic, like, hey, Adrian, are you ambitious like 24-7? No, I'm human. Uh, and the other thing that comes up and uh, a frequent question that I get even through the podcast has been, you know, what happens if you're too ambitious? Uh, and what happens if you, you are, you know, the energy is not as magnetic or you're not as attractive and you're actually becoming perhaps more resistant or avoidant or people are being more avoidant of you. So I think that this timing is... Uh, and the content itself is super important for us. And I'm so glad that we're actually recording a podcast on it. I think the last thought that I had before we kind of jump in and walk through this and, and help people to kind of realize how this is impacting them both personally and professionally is there has never been more uh, opportunity for us to seek and to up-level and upskill is, is kind of wanted to, wanted to call out. And I made mention of unemployment and, and other aspects. Um, but this is a great opportunity for us to reevaluate what we value, why we value it, and then look to see how we can um, improve and maximize our own ambitions so that we can be better people for the future, whether it be, again, professionally or personally. So... With that being said, let's jump into the actual grid itself and you know, we'll in certainly include uh, the actual depiction of it in the show notes and we'll repost what was the magic of the collaborative post last week. But it's broken down into four quadrants and what we'll do is we'll, we'll spend a couple of minutes just speaking to each of the quadrants in greater specificity and, and probably share an example or two for each. Uh, and then we'll wrap up with just some general assumptions and, and uh, close out here. But 
the quadrant that's up and to the right is basically the intersection between magnetic and energized. Uh, and, you know, the encouragement that we provide here is uh, for one to or you to speed up. And, you know, typically what happens uh, in this sense is as you are, pun intended, driving your ambition and you are in a state of flow, um, this absolutely kind of yields opportunity for you to be at your max productivity, creativity, connectedness. And so just wanted to get your thoughts here, Ross, as to how you might have experienced this in your life or um, how you've experienced this with others. So I think this is probably the quadrant we all try to strive to be in. Um, Speed up. It means you've set a high bar for yourself that you really love. And after a bit of dabbling towards that goal, you realize, whoa, this is something that I'm really interested in pursuing. Uh, so me, in addition to obviously Gridology being in this quadrant, uh, one thing from a few years ago that was in this quadrant for me was training for the New York City Marathon. Um, mm. I had run a variety of half marathons before that and finally wanted to take the leap to you know double the distance and go try to do something that I never thought I'd be able to do. And um, I was super energized to try to go off and achieve this 26.2 mile race. Um, and then I also was pretty magnetic um, in how I was handling it. I had a lot of friends always check in about how my training was going. I had my roommate at the time helping me train and offer coaching and wisdom guidance. Um, and it was just a way to be really motivated myself. But then the community around me, because I had done a good job of managing my intensity around it, it was out of a place of excitement rather than a place of show offness. Um, it was a, I was able to have that support from my family and friends to really help me cross the finish line, pun intended there. Um, but in these situations, it would, would have been pretty easy to have been in a different quadrant where I was certainly energized to run the marathon, but I could have been really resistant and been all I talk about is the marathon and rub it in people's faces that I was doing this big, amazing thing and try to convince people to come with me and people want to do what they want to do and being excited about something you're doing and having other people hold you accountable is the way in which you can go farther yourself while having your community support you along the way. Yeah, I love it. And you know, this, I'm so glad that you characterized it as kind of the ideal state, so to speak. And when I think of this particular quadrant, it's good that we're starting this way because this is in many respects, almost euphoric you're at a heightened level of also like happiness um and when we talk about magnetic i think it's worth calling out like while your community will gravitate towards you there is i mean for many who are listening who likely believe in like the law of attraction you are naturally inspiring people towards your regular movement purpose uh, but also you are connecting with people who you're effectively putting something out in the universe that is somewhat aligned to your particular motivation. So um, I love that. And, you know, there have been many studies in terms of life's meaning and this particular clarity of purpose here is uh, it, it really hits home. And I think the characterization or the depiction here is like, if you won the lottery tomorrow, you know, this is still the quadrant that you'd want to be in regardless of what, you know, an outcome would be like winning the lottery or um, losing the weight or, 
you know, gaining the, the actual goal, like in your case, the, the marathon. Let's turn our attention then to still maintaining magnetic, but now being burnt out. And so the encouragement that we have around this is for one to consider or to actually slow down. So uh, Ross, what does that then mean to you in your view and your experience? So for me, it just feels like you're doing too much. Uh, you're always on and you don't have a time, you don't have time to either turn off and recharge your batteries or um, you're not spending enough time with your, your loved ones or your friends because you're, you're grinding um, and that grinding wears down on you as grinding tends to do. Uh, so this actually happened to me pretty recently um, in my, uh, I guess, period of time between LinkedIn and potentially starting um, in, in January um, at NYU, um, I realized that I was doing too much at that point. So I was working part-time at you know, Sounder and at Section 4, um, and then also was doing gridology um, and needed to make space in my life because it was you know, 70, 80 hour weeks and realized that um, in kind of having one opportunity become more full-time rather than part-time, I was able to kind of take the one plus one equals two rather than one plus one equals three or four. Um, and in some cases, synergy is really important and it helps, you know, create better business outcomes, but in a lot of ways, lack of synergy, um, and just having normal addition, if you will, one plus one equals two, that helps. Um, and it helps, uh, keep you balanced. It helps keep you energized. Um, and most importantly, not burned out because if you're burned out, then you're not making progress anymore and you're just staring at the high bar and not moving towards it. Yeah. You know, this, your example here reminds me of when I was perhaps early twenties and I was so obsessive over work and was a, a workaholic. And, you know, while that was magnetic and I, you know, I was energized and I was speeding up from a work perspective, the flip side to that then, and this is why we're saying to slow down is, you know, that um, you run the risk and you run the risk of turning people off or, or perhaps, um, being someone who is off-putting and or being boring. <laughs> so uh, I think, I think that, uh, that certainly resonates there as well. Now, when we go to the bottom right, so if we think of being energized and resistant, we make mention that you should check yourself. And so, um, Ross, again, share with us an example here where this could apply. So the number one example that comes to mind for me, which was a big inflection point in my life, uh, was when I was actually back in college. Um, I was on the executive board for um, my university's dance marathon, which is a big philanthropic event. Uh, I was super excited to help lead the organization, raise a lot of money for a good cause, and found out a few months into my role that two other uh, committee members or executive board members uh, finally came clean to me and they said that they were really scared to start working with me because I seemed so intense. And that just hit me uh, right in the face. <laughs> and I realized that while I can be really energized, that energy can manifest in one in two ways. It can manifest in a resistant way or it can manifest in a magnetic way. And we all know those magnetic leaders who are super energized and motivated. Um, I feel like most um, CEOs at this point, um, especially in tech, um, have to be energized and magnetic, but there are other uh, individuals out there that give off these uh, vibes that make you scared or intimidated to work with that person. And 
it just hit me that I actually was being that person. Um, so again, I, I've written another post on feedback. Um, so taking that feedback and being able to action on it and trying to make internal adjustments so that it comes off as magnetism rather than resistance from other people um, is super important. Um, and I think ultimately, the more we can try to take stock of how our energy is being uh, distributed to those around us makes us more impactful and obviously allows us to move faster towards achieving that high bar. Yeah. And, you know, I, that resonates with me as well. I can absolutely relate uh, in, in terms of some communicating with me early on, like, oh, I was, I'm, when I found out that I was working with you, I was nervous because, you know, you work so much and, and so forth and so on, um, which you would think is a good thing. But to your point around the aspect of the self-awareness and what I've been working on around emotional leadership, I, you know, I'm so in, uh, just like you, Ross, so intense and so passionate. Uh, and, you know, I can think back to, um, you know, being kind of taking stock as to what that then meant from a positive perspective and, you know, negative uh, ramifications or implications that it could have if, you know, things aren't going your way and, and how you kind of wear your emotion on your sleeve. So all good there. Let's move to the last quadrant, which is bottom left. And it indicates in the intersection here is uh, being burnt out and resistant. And, you know, we're saying a clear, like we're throwing up a big stop sign here. So yep. our encouragement here is to, is to stop. So speak to that a little bit in terms of our perspective for this last quadrant. Yeah, for sure. And I think the, the big thing here in the stop quadrant, we, you kind of uh, can guess where it's going, where you're giving off the wrong vibes and you're super burned out. So there's not a lot you're doing right in towards of actually achieving uh, the high bar and that goal you've set for yourself. So what we offer here are the three questions that you should really think about if you find yourself burned out and not receiving much support from the circle around you that should be providing you that support. Uh, number one is, why are you so exhausted um, from this effort? Is it because you're working on it all the time and you're not spending your time working out or eating right or rejuvenating your energy with loved ones and family? Um, or is it because you're just not interested anymore? You put a lot of effort in and it just naturally burns out. Um, you had a great idea and it seemed like a good one at the time, but you know, our preferences change as we start to become more aware. And you see this often as people are in certain jobs and realize, Hey, I don't want to do this job anymore. I want to completely pivot my career because I've tried it and I, I don't like it. Uh, number two is why were you even pursuing this goal or this project? In the, in the first place? Um, was it for the right reasons? Did you find yourself doing it out of personal interest or is it something that someone else bestowed upon you? Um, is it coming from your parents that you should be doing? Is it coming from your friends? Um, are you playing copycat? Um, most of the time, projects in which you feel really energized or because you yourself have a strong desire to achieve and do it and it needs to come from within. And if it comes externally, it's usually not... Uh, going to be something that can be sustained for the long run. And then finally is, and then this is a little bit looser how you think about it, is this project off-brand or on-brand for you? And if it's off-brand, you'll probably find it harder for that circle around you to support because there are, those people are thinking, hey, why is Ross trying to do this when he really has no business doing it? And I don't really necessarily know why he's doing it because I know Ross for ABCD things versus if things are on brand for me, it's a natural 
next step in uh, how things go. And I think this this actual episode is a good example of something that's on brand for me is I'm starting to share my ideas out via writing. Our logical next step was, hey, maybe I should start sharing these ideas in an audio format uh, via a podcast. So I think thinking through those three questions are super critical as you find yourself in stuff. And the answers will help illuminate, A, the decision of should you keep going or should you just actually stop what you're doing and try something else? Because there's a million things we all can be spending our time on. Yeah, so clear and so practical in terms of within the zone questions that you should ask yourself, you know, there's, um, there's a, a saying that there a strong why will supersede any how actually Ross speak to some of the assumptions that we made with this particular grid. Sure. And I think these, and at the end of every grid, I tried to provide the ways in which the grid fails, uh, because that helps you understand what other components you need to fill in when using the grid. Cause it doesn't mean the grid itself isn't valuable. It means it's valuable. Plus thinking about some of these other things that you shouldn't overlook when answering the question. So in this case, some things that you shouldn't overlook are the fact that the high bar you set for yourself is something that requires the use of a team. So again, I've never written one of these, but I believe that writing a thesis uh, would be something that's inherently really personal and predominantly done alone. Obviously, you would have the support of uh, and the guidance of a professor or a mentor, but you're doing all the writing, you're doing all the reading, you may have an editor of some sort, but for the most part, the circle is really small and the energy is what drives you forward and the passion is what drives you forward. So in that sense, the, the vibes you're giving off to the universe or whether you're being magnetic or resistant doesn't matter as much, um, especially when things that are very you-based and not team-based. Um, and then finally, it really assumes that you know who matters in terms of who's going to support you. So there's, you know, as you probably, if you're online, you know about kind of hater culture um, and you have to think about why is someone not supporting you? And if it's out of jealousy or whatever it is, um, you should be doing things again for yourself and for those that know that are supporting you and cheering you on. Um, And if you are calibrating for those people, that's great. But if you're calibrating for the wrong people, then you're going to end up being resistant and in a quadrant where you may not necessarily actually land. So keeping those two things in mind are critical when you're using this grid to help sort out how ambitious and how you can sustain your ambition. Yeah, such a good call out because this also ties back to what we just made mention of in the last quadrant around external motivation. So if the dopamine from and the external validation is an outcome that you're looking for, an ambition that you have, then uh, then certainly you will succumb to um, a, a lot of pain <laughs> because you're not gonna you're not gonna win everybody over. And I think the the last thing to call out here as well is uh, you know it's good to have uh, you know a a spectrum or a continuum of differing opinions, whether they be opposing or supportive. And it's on you to discern whether or not you want to kind of take that into account. You know, there's something that, you know, really sticks out to me with all of this is that it's inherently as much as we're talking about you and, and, you know, we talk about your individual aspirations and ambition, you know, this is also having to deal with relationships and who you surround yourself with. And if you subscribe to the thinking that you are the average of the five people you surround yourself with, that might not be, you know, in entirety or on, on aggregate, but particularly with regards to a pursuit 
running a marathon, losing weight, whatever it is, yep. that then that this factors in in terms of who is in your kind of inner circle. Really good stuff. This is exciting. You know, I look forward to future collaborations with you and future forays. Do you have any closing thoughts here, Ross? Well, your last point made me think of something uh, just off the top of my head where obviously I do agree with you are an average, you know, to some extent, the collection of the five people you spend the most time with. But in another facet, you're also in some way uh, the average of probably the five people you read most online. Uh, we're all in our own bubbles as well. Um, so who you're frequently reading and engaging with on Twitter also influences our mind because yes, we're spending a lot of our time in the world engaging with people. We're spending potentially even more of it sometimes online in our phone bubbles. So who, the, who are those people that you're engaging with on your phone? And if there are people that bring you that build you up and inspire inspire you to do more then that'll encourage you to go and do more if they're people that are you know just entertainers then maybe it kind of keeps you in um more of a you know stationary spot and not trying to build something for yourself and again idea i'm thinking of right on the spot but i think there is something to be said for how you spend your time online and offline and certainly offline it's very valuable um, as to who you're surrounding yourself with and how they, how they build you up. Yeah. I love it. Ross Gordon, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, two ways. One, um, you can find me and some of my other writing and all my social handles at rossgordon.co. Um, and then obviously you can subscribe and follow along every week, uh, on gridology at gridology.co. Um, so both those, uh, I, I find myself a little bit late to the internet. So.com is never available. So it's .co. Um, but you can find more about me and uh, the Gridology newsletter um, at both of those places. Beautiful. And Ross, thank you so much for hopping on to the Driving Ambition podcast, rounding out season one. Thank you for having me, Adrian. That's it for this episode of Driving Ambition. I'm your host, Adrian Ambition. Please be sure to subscribe or follow this podcast, leave a review, and follow drivingambition.life on Instagram. Looking at my rollie, it's about that.